You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Our next guest, he's one of the best in the business when we're talking basketball here. He covers the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves, also covers the Minnesota Vikings for the Athletic, senior writer for the Athletic, John Krasinski. He joins us on this Friday night on the Lake Shore News Talk 830 WCCO, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. John, haven't talked to you in, uh, in about uh, two or three weeks. How you been, man? What's up, H. Lake? Good to hear your voice, and it's good to be starting basketball season again, man. This is uh, I'm ready. This is this is gonna be fun. I'm ready, man. I'm so excited. And I, I guess in all of your years of covering, specifically Minnesota Timberwolves basketball, like you cover the league, you cover um, everybody. You know, I, I follow every team. You follow every team. But you know, we're we're here, right? We live here. This is our squad. This is where we we're at day to day. Um, in all of your years of covering the Wolves, where does this season, from an expectation and just an excitement level, where does it rank in all of the years that you've been in this? Yeah, man, uh, it, I think it's probably number one, and, and I'll say that uh, given a little context, this is my 19th season covering this team. So I've been around for a minute, and I came in sort of halfway through the 0405 season uh, when they kind of fell apart after the Western Conference Finals. So my guess is is that that right you know that summer leading up to that season was probably would maybe trump this one in terms of expectations and excitement, just given the run that they made the year before and they were all coming back. And even though they had some of the the, the contract squabbles and things, I think there was still a lot of excitement about it. Um, but this one, in my time, my full seasons, I think it's number one because the only other one that would compare in the in the time that I've been covering them is the Jimmy Jimmy Butler's first year. There was a ton of excitement for that, no doubt, but that team was coming off of a 31-win season. I think some Timberwolves fans were already wondering if Tibbs was the right guy for this, and there was a little bit of kind of reservations about exactly what they were seeing everyone was excited and they had fun that year while they won games but there just was not quite the same level now as there is as i feel now in the community of you know with coming off of 46 wins coming off of a good playoff series against memphis that they might have been able to win you got a super popular star in anthony edwards you have i think a great coach in chris finch you have a great front office right now um and so i just think there's a little more faith and trust in the operation you have rudy gobert coming in all that stuff so i think that this is as excited as um you know as as kind of intense as as we as i've seen it and it's going to be make for a lot of fun we had a a gathering last week at at head flyer brewing there's hundreds of wolves fans there to do a podcast and stuff with dane moore and myself and so you can just feel there's some electricity and buzz around this team that's that's different from what it has been forever and ever. Last night, Wolves fans in the nation got their first glimpse of Rudy Gobert in a Wolves uniform. 
Uh, just your thoughts on uh, his initial, uh, I guess, unveiling last night for the national audience. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's a little hard to take a ton away from it, just given that the Lakers didn't play any of their guys. And so he was playing against you know, G-leaguers and, and, and backups for the most part. Um, but uh, I think there's two things that stood out. One is just the sheer size that he brings to it. Like, I mean, uh, they have not been big like this for a long time. And you, they started a little sluggish and a little slow, but – eventually Rudy Gobert just said, I'm going to grab every rebound. I'm going to alter shots at the rim. And we're just going to slowly and gradually take this thing over against an inferior team. And, and that's what they did that the wolves have not had that dimension uh, at their disposal for a, since Gar- since prime KG, I mean, KG wasn't seven one. Well, he was, he's seven feet, um, but <laughs> they haven't had somebody like that for, for, for a very long time. And so having him in the middle, just you really kind of realize how much difference it can make both defensively and offensively. And then the other takeaway, Lake, is, you know, I don't know what you saw, but offensively they just look a little um, like they're figuring it out. Uh, he does not have clearly have a, a rhythm and a chemistry yet with Russell. Um, he wants to get on the floor with Carl Anthony Towns. They're trying to figure out how to play with this massive screen-setting roller guy and how they incorporate that. And they were a little sluggish offensively, but I think they'll figure out that he's going to create great shots for them, and they'll they'll iron things out over these next couple of weeks and, and be really good on that end. But it's going to take a little time for them to kind of come together on that end of the floor. Talking to John Krasinski from The Athletic here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter. Just a, a simple Twitter handle is, is John Krasinski. And I agree with you. Like, it was a little bit sluggish. You're, you can tell that they're trying to find their way. They're trying to develop, uh, I hate to use that word, but chemistry on the court and all that. And ultimately, you know, you got to get the other guys on the court. you got to get Cat on the court and all that stuff. With it. So it's going to take some time. But as long as they defend at a high level, I mean, like, if the offense is going to come along a little bit slower, but the defense is there, um, they're going to win a bunch of basketball games because the front part of the schedule um, is a little bit on the soft side. Now, when you start looking at the the guys that that um, that they've acquired in the off season, I actually feel like because remember we parted with some players and we parted with picks for Rudy, yep. but the guys that we're bringing in, I I really do like the the makeup of this roster. I believe that this is one of the deepest, if not the deepest, Wolves team that possibly we've ever seen. I agree with you, Lake, and and you know that was the concern, right? When you make a a trade, a blockbuster trade for a Rudy Gobert, you get one player coming back, and you're sending out five dudes. And but right, you know, right away, both Beasley, Vanderbilt, Beverly, very important guys, did, did a lot of good work here for them. And I think that Walker Kessler would have gotten minutes if he stayed here. Um, but you send out five guys, and you get one back, and you say, well, you really hurt your depth. Um, and, and they're going to be a front, uh, a top heavy team. And Tim Connolly did a great job in terms of getting and building out depths within this roster. You add Kyle Anderson, who I think isn't going to score 20 points a night, but does so many things that are going to be helpful, can play multiple positions, can defend, can move the basketball, can move without the ball. Um, just a smart, smart guy and a high IQ player. So he's really good. You add Britton Forbes, a uh, knockdown shooter 
to kind of compensate a little bit for Beasley and losing his shooting. And this guy's won a championship with Milwaukee just a couple of years ago, and he can he can stroke it with the best of them. So you get him, you get Austin Rivers for a little bit of defense, a little bit of kind of ball handling if you need it. Um, and then you have, like, even take a flyer on P.J. Dozier. Uh, you're coming off of an ACL, but I think that he could eventually develop into an important rotational piece for them. So from now, from 1 through 10, 11, 12, I agree with you. I think they are deep. And I think you throw J-Mac in there, you throw Noel in there, you throw uh, Torian Prince, who looks really good, in there. And coming back, they re-signed him this summer. They just have a lot of weapons. And the most important thing about that depth, Lake, is that Chris Finch has guys with differing skill sets depending on what he needs tonight. He needs shooting, you go to Forbes. Maybe you go to Prince a little bit more than you go to Anderson. You need playmaking, you go to Anderson and McLaughlin. You need just bucket getting, you go to Noel. You need defense, you go to Rivers. He's got all these different guys with different specialties, and so he's going to be able to be very versatile as a coach in the lineups that he throws out there depending on the uh, the opponent that he has and what is giving them trouble on a night-in and night-out basis. You just brought up a name that that I just – I think that this season Wolves fans are going to see his talent a lot more, and I think that he's going to just end up getting some opportunities to really showcase himself a little bit more in more meaningful games, and that's Jalen Noel. It just feels like to me coming into the season – uh, John, that, that he's going to do some things that are going to surprise some people this season. Like, we're at the games. We see that he's a walking bucket, right? Like, when he gets somebody on his hip and you give him a little bit of space, it's a bucket. It's, it's, it's going, it's going in, right? But I just think that this season, that he will pick up some of that slack that a Malik Beasley and others, um, got an opportunity to showcase as sharpshooters coming off the bench or even starting at times. I just think that Jalen Noel is going to take a massive step forward. And you're right about Torian Prince. Like, I think that Torian Prince, I, I like what I see from him. He seems to be more aggressive here. And I know it's preseason, but Torian Prince, yeah. I think that he likes being here, and I think that he covets his role here. Yeah, he does. He fits in really well here. He likes the guys that are around him. He knows that Chris Finch, when when he puts Prince on the floor – he's going to give Prince an opportunity to do things that he does well and make him look, make himself look good and, and, and be on a winning team. And so all of those things are coming together for Torian Prince. The guys in the locker room just love him. Like, I mean, they look to him as one of the leaders on the team, even though he's a bench guy and he doesn't play you know, 30 minutes a night. Uh, he really has a strong voice on, on this team day to day. And so they, they do look up to him, but then you're right about Noel um, he's going to get every opportunity to be that scorer with the second unit and to come in and really sort of drive offense for them. I do think that he's got to make improvements defensively uh, to really distance himself from Forbes and, and Rivers and really kind of lock that spot down. But from a pure offensive ingenuity standpoint, he's really, really good. I mean, he's creative. He's crafty. He's the kind of guy where if you're, you're playing a defense, let's say you're playing the Clippers on a night, and they have a bunch of switchable guys that are really making it tough in the half court to get clean looks, Noel's the kind of guy that can break that down, can get to the rim or can get to that like 7- to 10-foot range and just drop floaters and, and drop pull-ups on them 
or get all the way to the basket. And also what people don't really realize, Lake, is that last year he shot 39% from three. That's a better Mm. overall percentage than what Malik Beasley did. So he's going to get a higher volume of shots that way. And if he can knock down in that 37, 38, 39% range from three, man, um, he's going to be a real weapon for them. Man, it should be fun, man. I'm looking forward to the season. We're going to be right back at Target Center before you know it. I I guess I got two final questions for you, one Wolves-related and one just strictly an NBA question. The first Wolves question is, um, what do you think is best-case scenario for top-end potential for how good this team could be? I mean, people are going to think I'm crazy here, Lake. Um, I I think that right now they're they're shooting for – a top four seed and home court advantage in the first round. I think that is realistic. I think that they can win a lot of games in the regular season in particular because they're going to be hungry. They're going to want to play hard. Rudy Gobert has something to prove. Carl Anthony Towns has something to prove. D'Angelo Russell has something to prove. All these guys, they're going to want to get after it. So that's realistic. What's the top end? They could be a number one seed. I mean, if the Warriors fall off, Phoenix falls off. You know, the Clippers are going to be tough, but if Kawhi and PG cannot stay healthy, if Michael Porter Jr. can't stay healthy in Denver, like, it can open up, and and, and the Wolves could coalesce, bring everything together, and they theoretically, it would not, it would, it would very much surprise me, but it wouldn't completely blow me away if at the end of the regular season, like in 2003-04, they are sitting there at the number one seed with like 57 or 58 wins, and, and the Western Conference is just a slugfest, and they do it that way. I, I wouldn't bet on that, but I do think that they have that capability with this starting five, with their depth, with their coaching, that if everything went right, and, and everything never goes right for the Wolves, but if everything comes together here, that's what you're looking at as a top-end type of a situation. They may, it might take a year for them to get to that point, but it's right there for them. They have the talent to do it. There's no way I'm I'm going to let you out of here without asking you about the Draymond Green situation. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. Bro, we saw the video today. We saw it numerous times. I, I just got to get your reaction to it, man. How do you think this thing plays out? Like, I, do I think that they're going to trade Draymond Green? Of course not. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be suiting up for the Golden State Warriors. So, so anybody thinking that you're being ridiculous – but I do advocate for suspension. I do, and I know that this is a teammate, and I know that this is an in-house thing. But I'm sorry, now that it's gotten public, man, and everybody's seen it, I do think that the Warriors or the league should do something about Draymond because Draymond has done things and said things that have been, you know, disrespectful to people. And I do think that he is one of those guys that that tries to be Mister Tough Guy. And I do think he has an inflated, um, you know. <laughs> He has an inflated idea about who he is as a basketball player. But what do you think that the league or maybe the Warriors do about this? Yeah, usually the league lets the teams handle uh, punishment for practice violations. If it didn't happen on the court to another team or something like that. So I still think that the league is going to let the Warriors do that. But I wouldn't be surprised if the league is having conversations with the Warriors behind the scenes of like, hey, you may have wanted to sort of handle this quote-unquote in-house, as they said the other day, and, and, and not have any kind of suspension. Maybe it's a fine or something like that. But, 
I don't think you can do that now. There could be some lobbying behind the scenes to have them do that because the punch was vicious. It was bad. It was it was um, a terrible, terrible look for Draymond Green. No matter what was said to him, no matter uh, you know what led up to it, still that was an uncalled for response on a teammate. Um, but here's what I will say. I so I do think that I think there will be some sort of suspension. Of, and and that Draymond will miss games. I do also think that if any team can survive this and move past it, I think it's the Warriors. They have seen Draymond act a fool other times. Now, maybe not to this degree, but certainly has gone out over his skis sometimes, and they've just brought him back because he's that important to what they do. They figure it out with Curry and Kerr and Bob Myers, and, and they get all back on the same page. I think that can happen. Here's the one thing, though, Lake, that might kind of prevent that from happening. If Draymond Green feels like the team wronged him by leaking that tape to TMZ to make him look really bad, maybe that turns things even uglier than they already are, and, and, and maybe that takes it past the point of no return. But I do think that the Warriors will get past this, but I, there has to be some sort of suspension that is levied because – it's just out there now. Everyone has seen it, and uh, it would be doing Jordan Poole, of all people, a disservice if you don't have his back by responding forcefully in some way, somehow. Give him a follow on Twitter, at John Krasinski. He does a phenomenal job of uh, reporting on the Timberwolves, the NBA as a whole, and the Minnesota Vikings. Senior writer for The Athletic joining us here on The Late Show. Hey, uh, JK, man, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for having me, Lake. I'll talk to you, man. All right, take take care. That's John Krasinski joining us here on the Lake Show. I do want to get into the uh, <laughs> into the uh, Draymond Green situation and give a little bit more of my take about what transpired uh, with the punching of Jordan Poole. We'll do that next year on the Lake Show. A really quick take on the Draymond Green situation. If you haven't seen the video or you hadn't heard the story. Uh, in practice, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole start having words. Okay, uh, Golden State Warriors practice. They're having words. Um, they're not necessarily they're on the same side of the court, but they're not like in each other's faces. And so there's a back and forth. Some words are said. We we hear no audio, so we don't know what's being said. But we know. I mean, basketball. We trash talk, right? And so. Draymond Green walks over to, and this is in the, you know, there's the, they're not, there's not any, they're not playing at this particular time. They're just on the court kind of walking through something, whatever. And Draymond walks all the way over to Jordan Poole, gets in his face. Jordan Poole kind of pushes him out of his, his space, right? Like he's in his space, right? So he kind of pushes him away. And Draymond Green just cold cocks him with a right and decks him. And then everybody jumps into the and they and they're pulling Draymond and Jordan Poole away. There's no doubt in my mind that Draymond Green should be suspended. I don't care that it's a teammate. I don't care that it's a closed door practice. I don't care that it's not any. Now that we publicly have seen the video that TMZ got, and somebody's getting fired from the Golden State Warriors for for getting that tape to TMZ. Did they get money to get it to TMZ? Of course. But somebody's getting fired. Somebody's losing their job. Like now, the big story is there's an investigation about how this got a. I, 
I don't care about that as much. <laughs> I, I care about the fact that this guy assaulted his teammates. Okay? So Draymond Green should be dealt with. I am not a big Draymond Green fan. I can't even really say that I'm a fan. Do I respect Draymond Green for being a tough, do everything to win basketball player for the Golden State Warriors? Yes. Do I think that Draymond Green has an inflated view of himself in basketball? No question. No question. He thinks that he's the key reason why they won championships. And everybody knows that's not true. Like, yeah, he 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 made plays. Yes, he was a part of the winning. But it was about Steph. It was about Clay. It was about KD. Like, you gotta go four or five guys down for you for, for you to start talking about Draymond. So Draymond has this inflated ego and thought about himself that is just is he's delusional. He's Tito of the Jackson Five. That's what he is. He's not Michael. He's not Jermaine. Like, he needs to get a grip. So th- that's who Draymond Green is. I will say this. This is the best thing that Draymond Green can do. And I know some of you will hear this and say, oh, that's kind of a hot take. This is the best thing that he could do. When his days for the Golden State Warriors are done, he should hang them up. Draymond Green is only valuable to the Golden State Warriors. He goes to any other team in the league, he's trash. I'm dead serious when I say that. I mean that. I stand by that. He is valuable to the Golden State Warriors. He leaves. That should be. He should be a one-team guy. Only play for Golden State and be that guy. Be one of those guys that played with one team for his entire career. Him without Steph and Clay, garbage. He could go to another team in the league, and it's not going to be the same. And he needs to understand that. All right, coming up next, our next guest of the evening, his name is Dame Mazzatani. Let's talk some Minnesota Wild Hockey. He joins us next year after weather on the Lake Show. And I just mentioned Dame Mazzatani. It's time to check in with Dane and talk all things Minnesota Wild with him as he joins us here on the Lake Show, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Dane, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, Lake. How are you? I'm good, man. It's 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 a Friday night, just chilling out. Uh, it could be a little warmer, but uh, it's inevitable. <laughs> it's fall, and winter is right around the corner. Yeah, man. And uh, winter is right around the corner, which means hockey season is right around the corner. I was at the, at the rink last night for the preseason game. It's cold in there. Uh, but it's about to be way colder outside, so I'm ready for it to be back. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you, man. All right, so I just talked a little bit earlier to John Krasinski about the Wolves and the anticipation for the season. Look, this is one of those those seasons where Timberwolves fans are just, I mean, they're just all about it, right? Like, we're so excited for what the 2022-23 season can be. Let's look at the Minnesota Wild. Give me your perspective on expectation level, excitement level, not just from media but also from fans. What do you make of this season coming up? Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting season. Um, I think at the end of the day, the Wild have Kirill Kaprizov. They have Dollar Bill Kirill, and if, if you have a guy like that, I think you're going to be a contender every single year. So I think you look at the Wild as a team 
Last season, obviously, had 113 points, franchise record in the regular season, phenomenal showing, and then came up short in the playoffs, lost in the first round of the St. Louis Blues. So the Wild lose Kevin Fiala this offseason. He was the second-leading scorer on the team. And heading into this season, you're like, okay, how are they going to replace that production? Are they going to be able to match the output of last season? I'm not sure. I don't know if they're going to put up a franchise record in points again, but I do believe this is a playoff team. And I believe if they get to the playoffs, they're a team that could, if things go the right way, break a certain break here, a certain break there, can get out of the first round. Um, and that all goes back to Kuro Kaprizov. They're going to have the best player on the ice a lot of times they step foot on the ice. Um, and I think that's reason enough to be excited about this group this year. You mentioned Kevin Fiala no longer being with the other Minnesota Wild. Um, how do you replace his production in in I'm not saying give me one guy because maybe it's not one guy. It's a total team effort. But how do you see that kind of shaking out? Or what would you see is the best case scenario in terms of guys that will fill that void? Yeah, I think, like, you're right. It's definitely going to have to be a a by-committee thing. Uh, He scored 85 points last year. There's not anyone on the wild right now that I could see scoring 85 points besides Kirill Kaprizov. So it's not like you're just going to say this guy is going to step in and, and fill the Kevin Fiala role. That being said, I think there are a couple guys out there, a few guys out there uh, on the roster that, that could, could step up and then be a major, you know, offensive help this year when, when you look at what they, what they can do. A guy like Matt Boldy, uh, rookie last year, came on strong. Um, actually, was a big reason Kevin Fiala was so successful is because he had a chemistry with Matt Boldy. Well, now Matt Boldy is a year older. He's a year stronger. He's a year experienced in, in the NHL. I think he's a guy you look at as – Okay, if, if he can take a step, then then he can help make up for a little bit of the offense we're losing in Kevin Fiala. Another guy's Marco Rossi, former first round pick. I think everybody's been waiting to see this guy. A lot of people thought last year, uh, are, are the Wild going to call him up? Is he going to be someone that can make an impact in the playoffs? The Wild decided to kind of bring him along slowly, but uh, you know, looking at the preseason, Marco Rossi's ready to play in the NHL, and, and he's another guy I look at as. You know, if, if if someone's going to step up and fill a void, it, it could be him. So it kind of starts with me with those two for me, uh, with Matt Boldy and, and Marco Rossi, and then you know a lot of guys had career years last year. They're, they're going to need those guys to, to, you know, make that the standard. Just because you had a career year, you know, Bill Guerin said it at the beginning of training camp. Just because these guys had career years doesn't mean that can't just be their new standard. So. You had guys like Marcus Foligno, guys like Ryan Hartman, guys like Julie Erickson Eck. Those guys all got to step up too. Um, but if they do that, you know, like I said, with, with Kirill Kaprizov, uh, they can be a dangerous team. I know they lose a guy like Kevin Fiala, but if, if all of these things kind of break in their favor, um, I, I still like the wild chances this year. Yeah. We're talking to Dame Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter at Dame Mizzitani. By the way, didn't uh, Marco Rossi, didn't he score last night, the first goal? Yeah, he did. He scored. He has eight points in the preseason, actually. Eight points in six games. Nice. Uh, leads the league. Nice, nice. All right, so uh, Fleury's back. Uh, Talbot's out. Gustafson's in. Uh, what do you make of the Wilds' um, goalie situation and their depth? Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury is awesome. Uh, he's as good of a guy as it gets in a locker room. He's, he's amazing to cover. He's, he's super, you know, personable and, and all of that. He's going to be 38 in November, um, and I think you wonder, can a guy like that play 60 games? Can he start 65 games between the pipes? When, when, Marco, or when, when, when Marc-Andre Fleury re-signed in July, 
the thought was they're going to still pair with Cam Talbot. They're going to do a 50-50 split. Well, now that Cam Talbot's gone and, and essentially forced his way out, they're not going to do a 50-50 split with, with Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. It's going to have to be, a, I think, almost a 75-25. Um, you know, Marc-Andre Mark Fleury takes three quarters of the game and Philip Gustafson takes a quarter of the games and, and you hope he can perform. Um, he's a kid with, with some upside. Uh, you know, I don't know a lot about him outside of what I've seen in preseason. Um, he was out in Ottawa the last couple of years. That team was terrible. So it's kind of hard to look at Philip Gustafson's stats and be like, okay, this is who he is. Uh, because frankly, a lot of goalies would have would have had bad records on that team that was actively trying to lose. So uh, I'm curious to see how he how he fills in, in that role as a backup, as as someone who needs to start once every three or four games. But it's it's Mark Andre Fleury's crease, and I guess he's going to be 38. He told me the other day he feels like he's you know 28. So he you know he's going to be entertaining. Can he be effective? If he can, uh, I'd say look out for the Wild because they could be pretty exciting. You know, Dean Evason, he's, you know, widely respected, man. He's done a really good job uh, since he's been the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. But you know how this thing goes after a few years and you get settled in and expectations start to rise a little bit. You know, people get a little bit anxious and then, you know, fans get a little bit restless. And I don't think that we're there yet with Dean Evason. But how how long do you think the honeymoon period is for Dean Evason and Wild fans? Yeah, I think – it, it's going to start. The, the pressure kind of gets turned up every year. Um, you know, you you make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Um, yeah, I think the Wild fans right now are, are, are heavily in Dean Evason's side and, and in his favor. And I think for good reason. He's he's a spectacular coach in the NHL. Um, but but as we've seen, you know, this market, all, all sports markets, but this market in particular, uh, they can turn on guys in, in a hurry. So you know, if if Dean Evason misses the playoffs, say, or gets back to the first round this year and then the Wild lose in the first round, then I think you could see Wild fans kind of start to, you know, there, there's murmurs here and there. Um, take those with a grain of salt, though, because like I said, like fans are going to be fans. Uh, but, yes, the expectations are there. I think you look at this team as anytime you have a guy like Kirill Kaprizov and, and you bow out of the first round or you don't get to the playoffs, there's going to be disappointment. So if, if the Wild can't do that this year, um, I think Dean Evason is, is going to be the one a lot of people blame. Um, but I think he's a really good coach, and I think the Wild are in great hands right now. All right, uh, Dane, we got to do something, man. I'm going to put it out there to you first, and then I'll check in with Jesse Pierce a little bit later because she's going to join the show next week. I am going to pick out um, a weekend game that we will all attend. You guys are there anyway, so it's something that I have to attend with you. Uh, a wild mm-hmm. game and then post game, we got to do the Taco Bell run. Hey, let's do it. Hey, you already know what I said about the the, the late night cravings menu. Um, we'll order the whole thing and we'll we'll just get up after that and, and have a great time. It, it doesn't even have to be a it doesn't even have to be a late night cravings thing. Like we could do like I'm looking at December the third. That's a Saturday against Anaheim. It's a one o'clock game. We can do a late evening run. Ooh, we're trying to go for the trying to go to Taco Bell for dinner, huh? I don't, I don't think I've ever. Well, been not really. Before, not re- but wait, we just gotta find. Well, we <laughs> we just gotta find one. Look, we just gotta find one that's open that stays open before. Because well, let me let me ask this question. Then. Okay, this is the probing question. Seven o'clock game on a Saturday. 
you and Jesse, in terms of all of your stuff, in terms of putting together your stories, wrapping up everything, we are all walking out of the X by what time? Ooh, yeah, 11. 11, and that's a, that might be being generous. So I hear what you're saying. Um, what, if a, so, what if a Taco so, Bell is so, an I mean, we yeah. – I think I think we could well I I think that this is the issue we have to find one that is open until midnight okay then it can work other than that we would have to find one of those games where it's like it doesn't have to be necessarily a one o'clock start but it has to be one of those like three o'clock starts where we can make sure that we can fit it in yeah I, I love the idea and 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 I can't wait to make it happen let's do it man let's do it. All right, we, we're going to get that on the books, man. Hey, give him a follow on Twitter, at Dame Mizzitani, but more importantly, check out his fine work for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, Dame Mizzitani joining us here on The Lake Show, talking Minnesota Wild. Hey, Dame, man, I'll see you soon, bro. Absolutely, Lake. Can't wait to have you out in St. Paul. All right, all right, take care. As Dame, Dame knows I love St. Paul. I got nothing against my, my people over in St. Paul. Seriously. I'm over there hanging out in St. Paul. I got no beef with St. Paul, and I definitely have no beef with headlines. We get the headlines next year on The Lake Show. All right, we're actually going to move headlines to 845 a little bit later in the show. Headlines, we're moving headlines. Because we're up against. Yeah, that's it. You said what? So the headline is we're moving headlines. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that at 845. We don't want to run out of time here because we're up against the clock. We ran a little long with Dame Mizzitani. But it's good right now to – be excited as sports fans for the Timberwolves and the Wild. That's fun. And, and I say that, and I mean it, because there's been so many seasons where people are just down on the Wolves. Or there's seasons where people are down on the Wild. Now, yeah, yeah. people are actually... Huh? Now people are actually excited about Timberwolves basketball. People are actually excited about the Minnesota Wild. And so I, I love that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and we felt, because everybody gets excited for football, because it's football. Last weekend, that was the ultimate buzzkill. I was in Kansas City, hanging out, and what do I see? I see the Gophers getting crushed by Purdue. Like, I, I was ready to throw my tennis shoes out of my hotel room window. I, I just, I was fed up because I felt like I'd been teased and the Gophers had been propped up and propped up and propped up and then they do what they did to Michigan State and all of a sudden it's torn all down again. They got humbled. So, yeah, I'm just happy that people are excited about the Wolves, people are excited about the Wild. Well, and I'm going to be very curious, Henry, how the Wild followed this up because when... Bill Guerin released, you know, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. You have all this dead money that we know is going to be an issue for the Minnesota Wild over the next few years. But to have the sort of year that they had, and I know they had the late season swoon and, you know, kind of, you know, stunk in the playoffs against St. Louis, but you, you kind of felt like maybe that was a fluke. You know, maybe that was a little spike. So I'm, I'm very curious if this is something that can be expected or if that, was something that was an anomaly. I think I'm I'm a little more pessimistic for the Wild, but I'm I'm hopeful that I'm wrong. Just win, baby. Just win. 
All right, coming up next, speaking of just win, what's going to happen with the Minnesota Vikings this weekend? The Chicago Bears always give us trouble, but will they this weekend? Vikings, Bears. We'll talk about it next year on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 